Hello everyone, this is Giridhar Rajkumar and welcome to another episode of the Testing Paradise podcast. I hope you are doing well and safe. First of all, my apologies for not releasing podcasts on scheduled time as I got stuck with some personal issues, but I will make sure there are regular podcasts coming every fortnight to you from now on. So stay tuned for the Testing Paradise podcast. Without any due, let's get into today's topic, Selenium Box. So today we have our guest from Switzerland, the CEO of Element 34 Solutions, Michael Polotas. So Michael is the co-founder and managing director of Element 34. Prior to that, Michael was the head of quality engineering at eBay for more than 10 years. He shaped software and test engineering at eBay and led to the transformation from a waterfall to a highly agile organization worldwide. Michael was instrumental in the design, development, and open sourcing of Selenium Grid, Selendroid, and iOS driver. Before joining eBay, Michael held lead roles in companies like Ericsson, Nautil Networks, and Intel. Hello, Michael. Thank you so much for joining us today, and how are you doing? Hello, Giri. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm doing very well. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you. Thank you so much, Michael. So uh, tell us about uh, uh, the Element 34 and what exactly the company does. So uh, yeah, Element uh, 34 Solutions, uh, we are headquartered in Switzerland, just a little bit outside of Zurich, and we are the leading provider for Selenium Grid infrastructure for large enterprises um, running uh, Selenium Grid inside their corporate firewall. Um, As you also mentioned, so we are key contributors to Selenium, and most notably, we developed an open source Selenium Grid about 10 years Mm -hmm. ago or so. Um, and um, our product, Selenium Box, is uh, an enterprise Selenium grid solution that's geared towards companies with high security, scalability, and performance needs. And if you look at our customer base, we pretty much have customers all around the globe, companies like Swiss Reinsurance, uh, AXA Insurance, uh, BMW, uh, Zürcher Kantonalbank, uh, and many other large enterprises uh, around the world. Excellent, excellent. So, uh, so Michael, we have come across the Selenium Grid concept actually. So, I'm, I'm I'm a very big fan of Selenium, and I have been using it for more than eight years now. And uh, many people have started realizing the importance of Selenium Grid most recently, in fact. So, can you just tell us uh, in an elaborated fashion about the Selenium Grid and why do you think we need it actually? Mm-hmm. Um, so, Selenium Grid. effectively allows you to run tests across different browsers and OS combinations at scale. It provides a central entry point for your test execution um, uh, for web and, of course, also mobile tests. And, uh, you know, with all that, it it effectively allows organizations to shift left Mm -hmm. uh, by enabling testing at scale and enabling fast and frequent uh, feedback cycles. And do you think there are uh, any other options that are available uh, apart from Selenium Grid in this market? So there are, when you look at uh, Selenium Grid or, you know, if, if you want to achieve that uh, functionality where you have a lot of tests and you want to run them in a short time frame, there's really three main options out there. They all mm-hmm. boil down to a Selenium Grid, right? But there's three main options to get a Selenium Grid. Mm-hmm. And um, and I, 
maybe I can talk a little bit about that. So first of all, it's what, you know, what we call the homegrown or the open source solution where you just go and build everything yourself from scratch. You, you mm-hmm. take the Selenium grid components that come with the Selenium project. Um, right. So that's a very easy way to get into uh, things. Then the second option is uh, using SaaS providers. So there's companies out there like BrowserStack, like Sauce Labs, who provide all that as a, serv- a software as a service uh, solution. And number three, and this is the play, this is the, the space where we play in, um, is providing a managed Selenium grid solution inside uh, the company's firewall. Right, and if we just look a little bit into the the differences between these three options, so you know, if we start out with the homegrown uh, option number one, what I mentioned, that's super easy to get started. Right, there is really there is no upfront cost. Uh, you can you can download it. You can you can get going. Of course, it requires some internal engineering resources, uh, which in the end also costs money. Um, Typically, what we see is, you know, it's fairly simple to get started. But as you grow, especially also when you work in a larger company, you know, the costs attached to building something and then also, of course, maintaining it, you know, ranges from a few hundred thousand uh, euros uh, to actually sometimes millions, right? So that's not something that should be underestimated. Um, but, you know, of course, it's, it's an easy easy way to get your uh, toes uh, a little bit wet. Now, now one thing, of course, that uh, everybody needs to understand, the open source Selenium grid is missing a lot of enterprise level features. It actually was never built and meant for, you know, running at uh, a very high scale or was optimized for performance. So it really was, you know, something that, uh, that you can take and then build uh, on Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's that's the homegrown aspect. And, uh, you know, a lot of specifically smaller companies at least start out with that to see, you know, is this something that we should maybe explore further down the line? Mm-hmm. Um, then the, the second one was the SaaS solutions. Um, and those are, of course, everybody who has uh, played around with those. Those are very feature rich uh, solutions out there. Um, you know, there's no additional infrastructure required on the customer side. Um, you don't have to do any maintenance. So they, those providers do that for you when there's a new browser or anything changes in the Selenium ecosystem. Uh, that's all done uh, for you. One thing, of course, like with any SaaS solution, is you end up sending data outside of your firewall and those SaaS providers require access into your network, right? Because they are running the browsers on outside of your network and they require <clears throat> to come uh, back uh, back into the um, into your firewall. <clears throat> so, and also one one thing that that is also some something to consider is the performance aspect. Just because of the nature of the setup, right? You're going outside of your firewall, potentially have to traverse half the globe uh, and and come back again, right? So that it's it's natural it's natural that there is going to be latencies. But those are really, really great solutions, um, especially if, you know, scale and uh, security are not on the top of your list. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then the third option, and again, this is where our product Selenium Box plays in. So this is a a solution or these are solutions that are running inside your firewall. 
Um, and with that, of course, they are very secure, right? Because nothing goes out. Uh, you don't need any external access uh, from the outside. And of course, you also have a lot more integration points with your existing uh, infrastructure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So those are the three, uh, the three, what at least what we know of, uh, the three main approaches to a Selenium grid. Coming back to the Selenium box, right? So what are the significant features that you can tell us about a Selenium box? Yeah, so um, yeah, so Selenium Box is an on-prem managed solution, and you know really how you can think of it. If you have experienced uh, solutions like Browser Stack or Sauce Labs or any other of the SaaS solutions, we're bringing that rich feature experience inside your corporate firewall without you having the hassle of building and maintaining anything, right? So it's kind of the best of both worlds, and um, so we. We built the product mainly around six key pillars. And first and foremost is the security aspect, right? So our, our solution is really meant for security conscious companies, companies that are, you know, in banking, in the insurance sector, in the medical sector, where it's of utmost priority that nothing goes out and nothing, uh, nobody has access uh, from the outside. So that's, that's and we, we've spent a lot of effort in making that uh, a bulletproof uh, solution, right? And uh, so the security aspect is, of course, very important. Um, number two would be the scalability, mm -hmm. right? Uh, you mentioned that quite nicely. You know, you said, well, Selenium Grid is becoming more and more popular. And that's mainly also because companies are increasing their testing efforts. There's more tests uh, to be run. So what you want is you don't want to be stuck uh, at a certain level, right? You want the Selenium Grid to grow with you, right? And with that, of course, you need an easy way uh, to scale. And so how we achieve that is we allow Selenium Box to pretty much be um, installed on any type of infrastructure, whether that's a physical machine uh, or a VMware cluster, or of course on AWS, Azure, Google Cloud. So we, are, we support all that so that a company or a customer can pick uh, the ideal infrastructure that, mo that mostly suits them. Right? So we don't prescribe anything there. Number three is the integration, and I briefly uh, mentioned that. So, uh, because this is a solution running inside your firewall, you have a lot more native integration points. And one of them is as uh, simple as hooking into your Active Directory or LDAP uh, system, where you can use your own uh, company credentials to log in, uh, you know, to have uh, assign rights, assign permissions, um, and things like that. Number four would be the maintenance aspect, and uh, you know, and uh, you know, when we compare this to a SaaS solution, it's going to be exactly the same experience because, for from a customer perspective, you won't have to do any maintenance, right? So, anytime there is something new in the Selenium ecosystem or the browser or the mobile ecosystem, we take care of it, we uh, we test it, and and we release it, right? And we guarantee that it's going to work. Yeah, um, performance. Of course, you know, this is less something that we built into the product. This is just because we run inside the firewall. So you inherently don't have to deal with all the latencies uh, of going outside your firewall, of going through tunnels, of going through proxies, right? So the performance of an on-prem or in-house in solution will be uh, typically, you know, by factors 
you know, up to five or, or 10 in some cases faster than, than going outside. But uh, you will also, of course, have the performance gain uh, with any in-house solution, right? That's, that's not so much specific to Selenium ones. But um, last but not least, on the feature side, um, you know, specific features. So, of course, we provide all the standard features like live view or taking videos of your tests, uh, having exploratory testing uh, capabilities. So that, that's what we call standard features. But what we are able to provide because we are inside uh, the firewall, you know, things like what I mentioned before, the LDAP integration, enterprise proxy and certificate uh, support, access control, rights management, you know, even down to cost allocations where you can say this team can only run that many tests and, you know, and show me how, you know, how the usage, how much they, uh, they burned off the whole, uh, you know, the, the whole budget and, and things like that. So those are, of course, all things that, um, that are much easier to achieve when you're inside uh, the firewall. Ah, that's cool. That's cool. And uh, there are lots of organizations uh, testing with production or production-like data. So what's the privacy factor here and how Selenium Box is addressing it? Yeah, so I, yeah, this is actually a very important question. <clears throat> and unfortunately, this is also very, uh, uh, in many cases, an overlooked topic by, by companies. Uh -huh. So what we see in the industry is that especially in large companies, there's, there's many teams out there who use production or production-like data for test purposes. And this effectively means they copy the production database into their test systems and use that for testing. And sometimes they mask the data or anonymize the data, and sometimes they don't, right? And I mean, I'm not a legal expert, um, but you know, our view on that is as long as that remains inside the firewall of the company, um, that is less of a problem, right? Of course, you still need to uh, follow uh, maybe GDPR regulations and things like that. But um, as long as that data doesn't leave uh, the company, uh, it's, it's, I would say, less of a problem. The problem starts, of course, when you use production or production-like data and it goes outside of your firewall. For example, you know, when you as a company use a SaaS provider for your Selenium grid, what you do is you effectively send uh, your test data uh, to the outside. And what this means is that the SaaS provider, when it pops out on the other end, right? So all the transmission to the SaaS provider is secure uh, because those are encrypted tunnels. But when it comes out on the other end, you know, when it gets typed into the browser or when, you know, when your account statement comes up of your financial information, uh, that can be seen uh, by, uh, by the SaaS provider's employees or, you know, support uh, staff, right? And that potentially actually breaches data privacy laws um, of oh. maybe your country or maybe your organization. And also one thing that we, we just fairly recently found out is that, you know, when you actually read through some of these terms of uh, service, um, you grant rights to a SaaS provider in your data. So whatever data you send uh, to a SaaS provider, um, you're actually granting them rights to use, to copy, to see, and to modify your data. And now, of course, you know, to be clear here, this is not, the SaaS providers don't know 
what type of data you're sending them, you know, whether that's real data or whether that's synthetic data. Um, so this is something that you as an organization really need to take care of and really need to be, you really need to understand what kind of data it is that you use. Um, and also when you send that to anybody, right? Uh, this is not just um, something to do with Selenium Grid. So any time you use a SaaS service, uh, you send something to the outside, what it is uh, that you send and whether that's in line with your company's privacy policies and even equally or equally important uh, with, within your country's uh, privacy policies, right? Because it could actually go as far that you're exporting data uh, from the country that you're in to the country where the SaaS provider is in. Yeah. So this is something that we see is oftentimes kind of, you know, overlooked and uh, not fully understood. Uh -huh. uh, but this is something that is, uh, especially in this context with uh, testing, uh, with, with a setup where potentially data goes to the outside, that's very important to understand the implications of that. And so, you know, circling back to Selenium Box, so with a solution like Selenium Box, you don't have to worry about all of that because nothing goes outside of your firewall, right? Because this is a system that is completely housed inside your corporate network. Um, so as long as that data, you know, uh, remains inside the corporate network, um, you don't really have to worry about that. Yeah. So that's, that's basically how we address that um, issue. And what is your thought about open source Selenium grid solutions that are available in the market? Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, so I mean, you know, if you, if you do a little bit of Googling, uh, of course, there are, there are certain uh, open source, uh, sorry, open source Selenium grid uh, solutions. Mm -hmm. And I think they can be a great alternative, um, especially to building your own solution from scratch, right? I mean, there's, there's some pre-built blocks already uh, that, that you can use rather than having to start everything from scratch. Um, Okay, of course, you know, most of these open source solutions don't have the rich feature sets of a SaaS solution or of a solution like Selenium Box, but, you know, maybe for a smaller company, um, that is actually totally fine because they don't need all those bells and whistles that, that come with the enterprise solutions. One thing that I think, you know, applies to pretty much any open source library or any open source tool that, that, you're, that you're using. Um, I always say do some due diligence uh, before you bring that in into your organization, right? I think it's always a good idea to do a little bit of research and find out who's behind the project, right? Is it a one-man show or is it actually a company, you know, that later on wants to sell you something uh, and which you're not intending uh, to buy, um, how active the, the project is, you know, the last commit, was it five years ago, which could mean two things. Maybe the product is really stable and it doesn't need any, any more uh, adjustments or it's just dead and nobody is maintaining it anymore, right? Uh, and also how many maintainers there are uh, after all. And I think especially the last point about the number of maintainers is important um, because just fairly recently, you know, one very popular open source Selenium grid solution was stopped by the maintainers. Um, and um, a lot of companies were using that 
and probably are still using it and may not know that it's no longer maintained, right? But uh, so a lot of companies actually got caught by surprise by that. And those companies now have a, an unmaintained Selenium grid solution, which is potentially very deeply embedded in their technology stack, which is, of course, as an enterprise, uh, you know, uh, a lot, very far from an ideal situation. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think uh, these open source grid solutions are are good to, you know, to get started and to see, you know, what do you really need? But overall, what we see in the market that, especially with larger companies, they either use a SaaS solution um, that are uh, plentiful out there or managed uh, in-house solutions such as uh, Selenium Box. And I think for enterprises, it is not only about the features that you get with solutions like that. It's also about things like support. You know, do you get 24-7 support with a one-hour response time? That is very important for a bank um, that they don't have any downtime in their continuous integration pipeline. You know, and also just reassurance that the the product or the project is there beyond the next uh, six months, right? So you have contractual agreements uh, with companies um, that guarantee that you will maintain this product for a number of years, uh, et cetera, right? So I think that's that's also one of the key differences between open source solutions and then commercial solutions. This is great. And thank you very much, Michael, for joining us today and explaining to us about Selenium Box and its great features. Thank you, Gary, for having me. And uh, yeah, I wish you a very nice day. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this podcast today. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please do support us so that we can bring in more talks from successful testers to you. This is Giridhar signing off. Until the next one. Happy testing.